It's ESPN1420.com, and uh, joining me now, someone I don't get to see and talk to as often as I used to. You guys hear him every day, at uh, or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Fridays at 2 o'clock right here on ESPN1420. If you uh, enjoy the jambalaya shop like many of uh, us do, then you maybe see him over there at his business from time to time. Of course, I'm talking about Brad Topham, and uh, I know things are busy at work, Brad, but I know when the weather begins to change in October, the gumbo just picks up, right? Kitchen for eight hours. Um, You plan on eating any gumbo while you watch some baseball over the next week or so? Honest, it's a. Uh, I ate a little bit at work, but you know my cardiologist says if I keep eating this every day, I'm gonna make him a lot of money. So <laughs> I'm trying to refrain certain things right now. Uh, ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Yep. Uh, Dodgers Rays begin the World Series tonight in this improbable season. It's just weird. Only sixty games. Everything's been odd. I know that uh, as a Braves fan, you and some other listeners felt like maybe this this was going to be the year was there a moment in the series where you're like okay it's just not happening or was it was it until not until the final out um the honestly in the sixth inning against walker bueller in game six i felt like the series was over i know it sounds dumb look i I realized something friday night i told my wife this you know ul had lost um the braves blew well, it was a game of Saturday, I'm sorry. The Braves blew that inning. And I told her, I said, you know, the one thing I've never been able to do in my life is be the crazy fan. My dad's a crazy fan, you know, justifying everything for a team he loves, complaining about it, that kind of thing. And I've always had to be level-headed because I was a coach my whole life. I've never been able to just be Kevin Foote, you know, go crazy fan on you. So the whole time I'm watching, I'm like feeling like at some point something's got to give. And look, they choked. You're at three to one, you should win. Going into the series the Braves had no business winning. The Braves had no business going seven. But going, but when you're up three to one, they should have won. They choked. But when you have bases loaded and nobody out, and Walker Bueller basically said, hold my beer, and threw three 97, 98 Mahana fastballs by Riley, threw it by an aging Marcakis, and then got the center fielder to ground out, I'm like, we're in trouble. You know, and that's kind of how I felt. You had a chance. So many Cajun fans know my pain because – what the 2018 team I think we were terrible with runners at third base less than two outs and that that for me that was kind of the downfall I felt like that was the moment much like I felt like the Dodgers lost the World Series to the Astros in game three or four when they pulled their starting pitcher in 18 uh, Hill way too early and by game seven the Astros were destroying their bullpen same concept I felt like when you miss that opportunity against a really good pitcher and a deeper pitching staff it was going to come back to bite you Brad Topham, our guest. The Dodgers, even before they added Mookie Betts in the offseason, I felt like they were probably the World Series favorite, in at least in terms of expectations. You know, the Dodgers had that feel the way that, um, I don't know, like if you the Yankees, the, the, the Duke Blue Devils, the kind of programs where it's like, you know, Alabama football. I'm not saying that that's the Dodgers every year. What I'm saying is, those fan bases or the expectations for those teams going into a season is 
look, it's a championship, and anything less than that is a disappointment. And some fans will say that's true of every team, and they're wrong. It's just not, not every single year. But for the Dodgers, that was the case this year. I mean, anything less than a World Series is going to be a disappointment. They're four wins away from their first championship. They've been close a lot lately, but they haven't won one since 1988. And I know folks will say, oh, well, 60 games, asterisks, blah, blah, blah. They got a chance to win a World Series here. And then you've got a Rays team that, um, I don't know, man. I mean, right when you count them out, they're back in. Right when they're back in, maybe they slip up. I, I find the Rays, even though they, they, they love to play small ball, just um, – I don't I, unpredictable is the word I, even though we know how they want to play I somehow find them unpredictable that really doesn't make sense but that's what I think of when I think of the Rays yeah see for the Rays I'll, I mean they were I was picking them all along to go to the World Series from from before the season because of their pitching because it was so ridiculously deep where I was wrong on the Rays is their offense has been awful I mean awful look if you take that kid from Cuba, that rookie who's got seven home runs out off their lineup, Scott, they're awful. They hit like 160 without a Rosarina. You know, and I've never heard of this kid. But, you know, as you were talking about the Dodgers, caller called in yesterday and said it, and I've been kind of saying it for a couple of days. I've been feeling like the Dodgers are missing something, an intangible. I don't know. The talk about pressure from fans. It, it's, I went through a year when I had Grant Cox, Hogan Harris, um, and Brennan Bro in my starting rotation in high school. Three guys over inside. It doesn't happen. We were preseason number two nationally. Scott, the regular season was like just, can we get over this to get to the playoffs? Because it was either win it all or we were a bust. Honestly, that's how it felt all year. And I feel like the Dodgers, like, they're just a drag. And I think Mookie Betts, he did not do much offensively. But look at the smile and the enthusiasm. I mean, from, from the goblin at third base, who I hate, that redheaded menace, he, he, you don't see much joy. Uh, Bellinger, dude, Bellinger fought it all year. He's that young guy, MVP. Now he's struggling. And then you got guys going into contract years and all these young guys trying to do it the quote-unquote Dodger way. The Dodger way is kind of boring. I think the biggest thing the Braves had was Ozuna, Albies. Guys are having some fun playing baseball. And I think Mookie Betts' enthusiasm, I really feel like that's what changed the Dodgers. That and the fact that his defense is ridiculous in outfield. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I don't know, man. There's not too many players I enjoy watching more than that guy. Um, and I look back at these two teams and their journey to get here. You know, they were both contenders. The Rays were more of kind of a mid-tier contender. And somehow, as you mentioned, with an awful offense, is still here. Um, when the playoffs started, there were a couple of sports books that had them as long as thirty to one odds, which is which is I, really yeah yeah. Most of them I didn't know that was about eighteen or twenty to one, but there were a few that could be found at thirty to one. Which if I had known, I mean, shoot, I don't even bet, but it's worth at least a couple of dollars. But, I would have um, bet. <laughs> but the, the the Dodgers attracted the most money, the most wagers, um, and and the Rays had attracted less than three percent of the money. Dodgers are minus 170 heading into this thing. I, how many games? I mean, what, what are you thinking with this, uh, with this World Series, Brad? Well, the difference with this one compared to the rest of them, which, by the way, I'm actually a fan of this consecutive day thing. I wish they'd have a break after game four just to reset a little bit. Um, if it goes the distance, I think the Rays are going to win it. But 
I, I would put actually I would put money on the Dodgers in five, maybe six, because now that they're at the championship, now that okay, like you said, all the pressure's on them to win it, right? Well, now they're here. It's not. It's no longer we have to get to the World Series or we're a bust. Now it's just let's win the World Series, and it really does help the mindset of a player that there's no more. We're working towards uh-uh four wins and it's over. So if I had to make a call, an aggressive call would be Dodgers in five or Dodgers in six because I just their pitching's too good. Scott, see, I, I, you know, I, when I texted you about coming on, the thing I said was, you know, I don't think the Dodgers are better than the Braves one through six in the order. I don't think they're better than the Braves one through six in the pitching staff. But their depth, you know what? This guy's not hitting the righties well. We're going to put in Kiki Hernandez. He hits one off the upper deck. There's nobody like that in the, for the Tampa Bay Rays. I um all all of the odds, all of the odds say it's it's is the Dodgers. I mean that's just that's where it leans. Most people are picking the Dodgers in six, some in five. Look, the Rays can really pitch, and I just I I kind of I I'm leaning a little toward Tampa because I trust their bullpen more. I trust their manager more. Um, the Dodgers undoubtedly have the edge offensively. I wouldn't try to argue otherwise. But am I crazy to think the Rays might have a defensive edge and, and possibly a slight pitching edge as well? No, the Rays do have a pitching edge because they go, Scott, I'm a little older than you, but we're about the same generation. How many guys get, do we keep seeing on the Rays staff that throw 98 to 100 and the ball moves? It's not straight and light. It moves at 98 to 100, and they roll them out on an assembly line like it's Christmas. I mean, it's insane. But I'll tell you this. This is my key to the whole series, Blake Snell. Blake Snell's stuff is dominant, but he hasn't been dominant. His fastball is light, and it's straight for the most part. So here's my key to the Rays. Game one tonight, or I think Blake Snell's tomorrow. If they get six out of Snell in game two and win his start, I think the Rays probably win it because of that, because the other guys the Rays are going to throw can combat all the power. But, man, if Scott, if this isn't a one-swing World Series, I wish I could go to Vegas and put money on this. Two-thirds of all runs scored will come via the home run. I, I truly believe that in this series because that's what the Dodgers did to the Braves, and that's what the Rays have done to everybody. It's home runs or not much else. Brad Topham, host of Tops Take, our guest, ESPN1420N.com. I'm Scott Braith. Brad, you know, you got Tyler Glass now tonight. I mean, Tyler just throws straight heat. You got Clayton Kershaw, who has a Hall of Fame resume, but that one blemish has undoubtedly been the postseason and what he's done in the postseason. It's the World Series tonight. His team is favored. There's pressure on everybody. It's the World Series. But I don't think anyone has more pressure on him tonight and maybe this whole series than Clayton Kershaw does. Is that fair? Yeah, and, and you know, and, and let me be on the record clear. I was happy when he threw against the Braves because I love Clayton Kershaw. I think he's a humanitarian. I know some of the stuff he's done off the field. He's a good person. He doesn't make excuses. But, you know, he is the only guy, Scott, I will tell you. And here's the problem. When you pay a guy $30 million, you know, when you pay Jacob DeGrom the money he does with the Mets, you don't want to hear that he's going five innings in game one. You want to hear that he's going seven innings. His ERA from the sixth inning on is the worst in history in the playoffs. That's wild, right? man. That's just here's wild. The, it's what's wild about it, though. Here's the other names. Here's two through five. Pedro, Steve Carlton, 
it's, I forget the other two names, it's four Hall of Famers. So the five worst ERAs from the sixth inning on are Kershaw and four Hall of Famers. My thing is with Kershaw, if he gives you five, get him out. He'd be the one guy I say, because I think he gives you a mental boost because they love Kershaw, right? I think he gives you a boost. You have a good bullpen and you have days off. I think him five days in, but I want Kershaw to do well because I'm so sick of the narrative. You know how we are. Like there's a list out there, right? Who's the greatest pitcher to net? Who's the greatest golfer to not win a major? And once somebody wins it, okay, who's next? That's who Kershaw is. He's that list. Greatest regular season pitcher, terrible in the playoffs. And I want to see him get a win and get a ring and kind of just, it'll never shut everybody up, but it is really strange that this guy's one of the best pitchers of our generation. And the narrative is the dude can't pitch in the playoffs. It, you know, it's, I, I, you brought up the scenario of, look, he's the one just elite pitcher that if he's strong, you might still pull him through five and you listed the reasons why. But I'm looking at Dave Roberts, and again, I said in terms of managing, I, w- I trust the Rays more than the Dodgers. In that situation, I'm almost pre-defending Roberts. There is, is, is there a right move there? Because the, I, I look, I guess if he pulls them and they win, yeah, some people will criticize him, whatever. But I, I, I feel like there's going to be a moment in the World Series that Dave Roberts overthinks, underthinks, however you want to word it, he's going to have a gaffe. And it might not be enough to have the Dodgers lose the whole series, but I think it's going to cost them at least a game and potentially the series. I just see it happen. And it might be tonight. It might be tomorrow. You know, it might be Thursday. I don't know, but it's going to happen at some point. Dave Roberts is going to have a big mistake in this World Series. I agree with you, and I believe the reason he's going to have that mistake is because he doesn't have balance. I like Dusty Baker. I know some Astro fans didn't. I really like Dusty Baker. And I like Dusty Baker because I remember in game one, when you threw Framber Valdez in the NLD, uh, maybe the, it might have been a wild card round. They pinch hit a lefty, but he looked at Framber, and Framber's like, no, I got this guy. When he threw four innings of relief and threw great, he left him in against the book because his eyes said, leave him in. Dave Roberts doesn't do that. He's going to go by the book as opposed to, you know baseball. Look at the guy. Look him in the eyes and what, see what he says. You know, and I feel like Dave Roberts is too much the other way. And I know a Dodgers fan that believes the exact same way because he and I have talked about it. It's too analytical, you know. And my boy, you know, you know who the big Dodger fan is, right? Oh, yeah. Our friend Jay Walker. That's right. And, you know, Jay is, uh, I give Jay credit because he's a better winner than I am because he didn't give me much grief. But, you know, I had to, I had to, shooters got to shoot. I had to take my shot and have fun on the air of the Dodgers expense when we were up 2-0. But I do, I do believe that they, uh, I, I am a complete agreement. And by the way, let me give you a name that's fun to watch. G-Man Choi. First baseman. Yeah. I believe he's Korean. Dude, for one thing, he's 8 for 12 against Garrett Cole in his career with like four home runs. But if you watch this cat, he loves doing splits. He's got a smile on his face. He's having fun. I enjoy him. And you talk about defense. He's a star. Kiermaier is like a crash test dummy in the outfield. This dude is going to run into walls and do whatever it takes, but you are right. He is good on defense. But when Mookie went out there, their outfield defense improved. I think the Dodgers are good on defense, but, oh, by the way, here's the other thing. You saw, I don't know how much you watched of the NLCS, when Albies and Alcuna got on base, they ran. The Rays led baseball from September on in stolen bases, and they stole like 46 bases in September, which is a ton. The Rays like to run. The Dodgers don't hold anybody on. That could be a big thing. 
Yeah, ESPN1420.com. Great analysis from Brad Topham. Host to Top's Take, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 2 p.m. right here on ESPN1420. Yeah, I like uh, – you mentioned G-Man Choi a minute ago. I like him as well, the uh, the South Korean who um, – I don't know, man. That's a, big, that's a big dude. But you don't think of, of Tampa Bay having much power or anything like that. But if somebody could yeah. do it, it's, it's going to be that cat because he can – I mean – he one swing of the bat. I don't know. I, I you just used the word fun. I think that's a good description of him, man. He's one of those guys that, whenever he's at the plate, I uh, I'm in. You know, like I'm locked in. I, I'll miss. Sometimes I'm watching a baseball game, and if it's not my team, I'll kind of doze in and out, or I'll look down at my phone. My eyes are just on the screen. There's something compelling about that guy. Yeah, there is. And you know, there's a name that LSU fans will remember: Mike Zanino. He was the uh, third overall pick out of Florida. It was a tremendous catcher. Except Zanino's never made it in the show as a hitter, hitting like seriously somewhere like 140. But he's a good defensive catcher, and he's hitting he hits his hits are bombs. No, um, I, it's fun watching some of these guys play defense. I, I, that's why I said I'm a little bit different than the average fan because, like, I, I enjoy watching good defensive games. I know it's dumb. I know you're a big NBA guy, but I prefer NBA playoffs because defense picks up. You know. And Major League Baseball, same way. They sprint through the bag more come playoff time. The hustle's a little bit better because now there's no more grind. It's get it done. And I feel like the Rays play the game the right way, and they, they have some guys on there that just they're just different. And look, Kevin Cash, like you said, I think Kevin Cash wins him a game as much as <laughs> the other one loses a game. You know, uh, with these two, uh, these two franchises representing cities that – have a uh, two-week in uh, playoff drought and a uh, in a t- in a nine-day playoff drought. We'll uh, we'll begin their World Series tonight. It's not like um, either city is is been suffering for so long. But ultimately, when it comes to sports, I, I find that the storyline so often, Brad, ultimately gets turned back to some fan base and all of their suffering and everything they've been through. I'm guilty of it too. We just do it in sports, no matter what. Um, but. You know, the Lightning just won a championship. The Lakers won another one not that long ago, what, two weeks ago or, or, or nine days ago, yep. whatever it was. Tampa Bay's never won one. Uh, they've been around 23 years. Tampa Bay Rays, I'm, I'm sorry, to be clear. Right. The Dodgers haven't won one since 88. Do you, do you, do you, are you starting to get annoyed like me at the, the constant storyline of fan bases suffering, or do you kind of get into it and buy into it and say, okay, I, it's, it's, out, it's almost like this ploy because they want everyone to be happy for whoever who wins. But I'll be honest, I, I, a lot of times I'm just kind of like, yeah, whatever, good for them, that's fine, but I, I don't need to be happy for them. Maybe I just sound bitter. <laughs> well, no, but let's get something straight. I don't give a damn about either fan base, Scott, yeah, and here's they, why. Right. Who, okay, you know, the Rays are playing in front of an empty stadium, right? How different is that when the uh, coronavirus wasn't here? Not too different. Exactly. Now, Los Angeles, they show up late. Look at the stands in Los Angeles for a night game when it starts. They're not there. They're, in, they're there. And most L.A. fans are there to be seen, not to watch baseball. They're, and they leave early. I don't have any, I don't have any love for either <laughs> fan base. L.A., look, yeah, don't get me started on L.A. fans. You know, there, there's a few, in, you know, a few you see. That are that are big fans that are always there, but for the most part, man, they're there to be seen. Scott, I, I was just curious. I'll tell you how LA is. You know what the price was for an outfield seat in LA for home run derby if the All Star game would have been there this year? No idea. Thousand dollars. Thousand dollars for outfield seat for a home run derby. Thousand dollars. A home run derby. Home run derby outfield seat. Not get, same room only. Not a seat. 
thousand dollars. I don't know people if I'd even L- go for free. I mean, a thousand dollars. That's because people in LA they're there to be seen because they can afford it. I got an issue with those people. They don't give a dang about baseball. You know, the, the true fans. I know there's some, but as far as a fan base, man, LA, LA, LA doesn't deserve anything. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got a negative. I just I got a negative uh, impression of the LA fan base. Let's leave it at that. I got so I've got I have one one friend who is like from grew up in LA from LA. His name's Dave. And the Dodgers, like, are his number one team. He doesn't care that much about the other teams in L.A. He doesn't really care about the Lakers or the Clippers or or whatever NFL team happens to be there at the moment. But he is a hardcore Dodgers fan. Now, I'm not uh, – so shout out to him. But, uh, but yeah, uh, you know, as I have a family that has lived in L.A. and moved out there, uh, you know, my sister's a, a sports fan. She loves the teams here in Louisiana. You know, she she's like, man, I just I try to get people to talk trash a lot, and they just won't do it. They're just kind of like, whatever, you know. I mean, I was talking to Adam <laughs> Adam Carolla uh, on my show two weeks ago, and asking him, you know, he's a, he, I, I Adam said that sports kind of life, but he's a guy that grew up in North Hollywood, and he's like, you know, the difference that I've that I've seen in traveling around the country doing stand up and other things over the last you know three decades is. There are certain parts of this country where sports is, like, literally part of the culture. I know it down here it might sound cliche to some or you hear it a lot, but he's like, it's just not like that in L.A. It's just it's something to do. It's something cool, but it's not, like, part of the culture and fabric of someone's life. He's like, you go to certain parts of this country, and he said in particular down in the south and, and around where you guys are, he's like, you, you, you start to learn after a while that it's literally part of the culture. And I think some folks down in Louisiana don't maybe, I don't want to say don't appreciate it because they don't care about it. No, they just don't. They're not able to appreciate it because they don't know that it's different other places. But it really is. It's just the sports down here in terms of that relationship that some fans have with their teams, it's, it's, it's a lifestyle. In L.A., it's just, you know, for the most part, not for all, not for my friend Dave, but for many – you know, it's just another thing to do, and, uh, you know, if it works out, fine. If not, whatever. Yeah. Uh, down here, people were shocked when you go to Mass, and the priest says, don't worry, I'm going to get you all out in time for kickoff. You know, that's, I don't know if they go to church in, you know, California. They're liberal. Uh, but anyway, don't, don't say they, that. Uh, I've gone to church in California <laughs> before. In fact, my friend that I was referencing is a pastor. He's not Catholic, though. Anyway. Okay, I know, but I like, to, I like to just give grief. I like to give grief. But no, I mean, here it is. I mean, Scott, it's not just you or me being Saints fans. In Lafayette, it's, you come in Lafayette, you're in Baton Rouge. The, it's a culture. I mean, look, even Greg came down, right? And Greg was shocked. I don't want to say shocked, but he, coming from a large section of the country, but then none of them are college, big college teams. Their Saturdays don't revolve around college oh, football. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Down here, oh, big time. Sundays. I mean, seriously, tell me you don't have the weirdest, not the Saints losing the way they did or anything like that. Tell me the first Sunday when you don't have football, you don't feel like, all right, what's my schedule today? What am I doing today? Like right now, I know on Sunday, there's pretty much a very specific, like when the Saints play at night or Saints play on Monday, it kind of screws up my Sunday rhythm, you know? And in LA, that just, like, it's just, it's a thing. I know they have good fans. Don't get me wrong. They have good fans. And the true L.A. fans are actually pretty knowledgeable. Um, but I'll tell you, the only reason I would pull for them to win would be Ben Scully gets one while he's still with us. Because hearing that voice is just, God, it, 
What was the line from Ted? I want to lay down on a bed of your voice. <laughs> he was listening to Warrior Freeman. I know it's dumb, but I like Ted. Uh, and that's what, that's what Vin Scully is. I mean, dude, listening to Vin Scully call a game is just, oh. Because, God, I, Scott, I listened to the L.A. feed, and I was listening to Keith Oberman. I wanted to throw up. I don't know. Something about Oberman just kills me. But he fits that L.A. mold. Whereas Vince Scully is like, oh, it's Vince Scully. It's just so smooth. I had to, I had to uh, laugh sarcastically. Uh, quick Keith Oberman point, and I'm not going on a political rant. Don't worry. I don't do that on this show. It does involve the word politics. But Oberman, Oberman tweeted out, like, I guess it was a week or so ago. I saw it on my timeline. He's like, oh, you thought I wasn't going to be vocal about the election? Well, you were wrong. And then he, and he wrote something. I'm like, who in their right mind would have thought that you wouldn't be vocal? Like, what? That's, give me a, yeah, that's like Kevin Foote saying, oh, you, you, you thought I wasn't going to be emotional after the Astros loss or the Saints loss, you know? Give me a break, man. It, uh, yeah. it, it, it's just That's just not how it works. Anyway, uh, Brad Top M has been our guest talking uh, baseball with us this morning, previewing the World Series. All right, last one. So you've got, what, the Dodgers and six? Dodgers and six, yes. All right, I'm going to go against the odds and just be disobedient. I'm going Rays in seven because of their bullpen and because of their manager and because of Snell, Glasnow, and Morton. Uh, but we'll see. In the meantime, you can catch Brad today at 2 o'clock, and you can hear him uh, preparing all that delicious food. Brad, uh, whether it's the drive through whether it's catering, what, what can folks that haven't checked out the Jambalaya shop yet expect? Well, right now, we're just doing our base menu. I'm staying away from specials because of, you know, for the obvious situation. But the biggest thing is you can expect the same thing. That, that's, that's probably my whole goal in this. I want to, you know, if I go to McDonald's, I'm getting a cheap hamburger, but I know what I'm getting when I go. When you come here, I want you to have good comfort food, and I want it to taste the same every time. I don't want your gumbo one time to be greasy and one time be too thick. It's going to be the same every time. It's going to be consistent. You know what you're getting for your money. And that's probably my most important goal. Brad, appreciate it, man. Uh, All the best, brother, and we'll talk soon, all right? Yep.